The Chris Williams Podcast is proudly presented by Mechdyne Corporation. Mechdyne Corporation, located, well, they're headquartered up in Marshalltown, Iowa, is a worldwide company, and they're, you know, they're invented and they're run by Iowa Staters. So that's me, near and dear to my heart, right? Gotta love those Iowa Staters. Here's one of the things I love about Mechdyne Corporation and why I like to put their name on my name. Well, it's because I have similar core values to them. I, I know uh, Chris Clover. One of the head honchos there very well. Gotten to know him and his family. And um, I, I, I've had long conversations with Chris. And I know he's a guy who someday I would like to work for. Uh, I truly respect him. And right now they are hiring an AV systems engineer. And I actually talked to Chris about this week. And um, I, I think this is so cool. I've I've experienced this in hiring in journal sports journalism, it's really hard to be diverse. Um, it's it's a predominantly white male uh, universe, really, and um, it's difficult to find um, great candidates uh, to help you uh, become a more diverse company. But that's what Mechdyne's all about. They really are encouraging uh, women and people of color to apply for these AV system engineer jobs that are open right now. I think it's awesome. And um, spread the word. Uh, Mechdyne.com. You can go to their careers page. Uh, I, they're not looking for a ton of experience, just a great attitude that can fit their company culture. Mechdyne.com. Check them out at their careers page. All right, guys. Here's a new installment of the Chris Williams podcast. Hey guys, welcome to a new installment of the Chris Williams podcast here uh, on the, on the, I'm used to saying the Cyclone Fanatic podcast network. I guess this isn't really that. Um, nothing really earth shattering uh, for you guys this week. Uh, I do have a couple of really cool interviews I'm working on for the next couple of weeks, but I've been, um, I've been solo on the radio for a while now as my uh, good friend and co-host Ross Peterson deals with the uh, recent loss of his mother and um, I don't know when you go solo on the radio when you're used to having a co-host you know different types of things happen you think differently a little bit it's actually um, I, I can handle it now it doesn't bother me now but it's quite intimidating to think like oh I have to talk for two straight hours and, and make it somewhat interesting uh, obviously in my world you have guests and stuff like that but this week has been challenging. Uh, it started off, um, I thought, like, oh, we're going to talk about a lot of sports this week. The football season's coming around. And then um, everything happened in Wisconsin, and, uh, and it always gets the, – the job becomes not a lot of fun, but I think more important when the um, – you know, when athletes start getting involved, and that's what we saw with the NBA – and uh, the, the racial stuff, you know, I, I obviously have leanings on where, where I fall there. Um, I, I believe that there's been systemic racism in this country for hundreds of years. Um, I want to keep talking about these things and, and do uh, anything you can to, you know, raise awareness to it. But I also, um, you know, I have other beliefs, too. Like, I... Um, like with this NBA thing, I, I, 
I thought like, wow, like let's, let's do what you can do. But I, I, you still have to think about a business decision, right? Like how much are you willing to give up and what are you going to get out of it? Like I, I thought this whole time, like, man, these guys can, they can make more of a difference when they're playing basketball, you know, and when they're, um, when they had that platform, whatever, um, that's not what I'm doing this for tonight, but I had a couple of segments on the radio show this week that I thought I wanted to share with my, um, CW pod audience. I thought that they were the, the one specifically, and then the other one's kind of a feel good. Um, it was a monologue that I cut on Tuesday. I wasn't planning on it. I just kind of turned the mic on and, and went, um, I'll introduce that one here next, but the, first of all, I want everybody to hear this again. This is on, um, my radio show with Ross Peterson, uh, sports fanatics heard every day from four to six on 1460 KXNO in 106.3 FM. It's a, with a really good friend of mine. Um, basketball fans know him as Jake Sullivan, the three point shooter. I know him as one of the most, um, you know, real dudes I've ever met. I don't always agree with Jake for what it's worth. Um, we actually see the world quite differently in many ways, but I, Wanted to lean on him on this racial conversation. I know it's two white guys, right? But Jake is one of the most diverse individuals I've ever met in my life. He spends months out of his year in Africa um, spreading the ministry um, with poor villages and just volunteering. And he's he's adopted um, multiple children from Ghana. He's going to tell us about that in this, in this interview. And I wanted to get his perspective on as a former basketball player and um, a man who has three black children as to what's going on. I thought his interview was fantastic and I wanted to share it with you guys today here on the Chris Williams podcast. I want to call up a friend of mine, known him for a really long time, really respect him. Jake Sullivan, former Iowa state, the greatest three point shooter in the history of Iowa state basketball. Let's give the man his proper introduction, but he also has great insight on, just the world with all of his travels and um, uh, Jake uh, to for for folks who don't know everybody knows you as the basketball analyst and basketball player. How many? Yeah. How many kids have you adopted from Ghana now? It's incredible. What what what, what yeah. is your number? What are you up to now? Well, we're we're at. It's good to hear from you, by the way, Chris. And and um, we have you, you too, pal. Three adopted from Ghana, Africa. Three biological and. And and we're in the process of an adoption of another one, another child from Ghana that is stuck in the injustice that is our American embassy right now in Ghana. So we are we are in a fight for justice on our end as well. Sorry to hear that, but um, thank you for doing what you do. What, uh, Jake? Th- there's so much. Um, to digest with all this, we should probably have you on again in the coming weeks and talk through everything. But what, when you're watching, um, you're, cause this is kind of your world's coming together, man. Um, yep. systemic racism and basketball. What is your reaction to what has happened over the last 48 hours in the NBA bubble? Yeah, you know, and and Chris, for the listener who doesn't know what I do, I'm I'm currently the um, next generation pastor at Grace Church in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. So my lens of everything transpiring is is often seen through faith and through the gospel, and and so that always gives me a, a, a maybe a different view 
than in other places. So one thing, I have like this weird alarm going off. All right, we're good. So it, that's the go. lens I'm going to see it through. And, and, and here's, here's the, when I put this on Facebook last night, is I believe the injustice that we continue to see take place in our world, and, and we've seen this with George Floyd up here in Minneapolis where I reside now, and we've seen it in now Wisconsin, and we see it over and over again. And, and the issue is sin. It's the depravity of man. And, and the only way we fight injustice is through the gospel and through the local church in these communities. And the protesting and the boycotting and, and all of it, I get it, but I, I don't know what we're asking for. And that was, that was my point of even making the Facebook post. Like, what is the point? Of, of young kids that are stuck in impoverished communities where, where injustice in our nation continues to reign supreme, to remove yourself as an athlete that gives a lot of young people hope and gives them joy is not social justice. And in the midst of your social justice fight, like what are you asking for? I think there are reforms to policy that need to occur. I think the police union, you can't fire bad cops. Those are specific asks and things to change. But to say that we're going to end racism through riots and looting and protests and marches, it, it, it's, it's not logical from my perspective of sin. And sin is going to continue to reign, and unless we fight systematic racism in our nation with the gospel— it's going to continue to get the front page story. And, and that is my heart and that is my desire is how do we fight the issue of sin, which will fight the issue of racism. The more our country wants to remove faith from our nation, remove God from our schools, remove the Bible from public places, the more chaotic our nation continues to get. So what is the fight? And, and that, was the, that was the sense of my post. And, and to remove the vision of hope and joy to a nation and to young people who are caught up in injustice and the chaos of the pandemic, I just did not feel is the right move to speak up for injustice that we're seeing in our nation right now. And that was really my stance last night, and obviously it went crazy on social media, um, especially in the midst of this whole cancel culture and critical theory that says, because I'm a white male, I can't speak on this topic. And, and, and my opinion is I'm speaking on it from the lens of faith in the gospel and being a father with three black children and spending enormous amounts of time in urban communities and in Africa and, and, quite frankly, spending a lot of time in a place like Chad, Africa, where I was the minority. There I would go weeks mm-hmm. and not see another white person and Oftentimes in Chad, Africa, my life was on the line. That was the reality of it. And, and I was a Christian and not a Muslim, and so I had all those pressures against me. So I feel like, like as the Lord stirs my heart, I'm going to speak on the issue of injustice, because it is taking place in our country. Just not sure where we're fighting is the right fight right now. My, my example, just how this hit me, Jake is uh, so the last week and a half I really have tried to tune myself out from the news um not to avoid topics like this but I didn't want to I didn't want to clutter my mind with 
reaction from the conventions. I I don't care. Like I, the, yeah. it's propaganda from both sides. I don't need to hear these speeches. They they do nothing for me. Um, th- you know how I found out about this shooting was because of the NBA players. Um, I had on yep. Sports Center and I was working, and I you know and I saw their their speaking. Um, and I that resonates with me as far as I mean they they reached this middle aged white dude in um, suburban Iowa. Right and got me really paying attention to this, and I don't know. Like, I I think a former Iowa State basketball player, Royce White, like the with his, yeah. um, uh, with the anxiety stuff, right? Like when he was playing and one of the best players in college basketball, people were listening. When he quit playing basketball yeah. and was completely out of the spotlight for the talents that God gave him, you don't hear from him anymore. And like to yeah. me, um, that was where I was the whole time, um. Yep. Uh, do do you agree with that? I mean, the, their voices are a lot stronger if they're using that platform. Oh, ab- Chris, absolutely. And and but I think the concern is the perception of change versus the reality of change, right? So there's a loud voice and there's media attention and there's bright lights and cameras and there's conversation for a few weeks. And then slowly everybody goes back to normal life, and the injustice remains. And as a nation, we have too often settled for the perception of change, right? And, and, and this will go on for a month, and it will heighten everyone emotionally, and then it will go back to normal. And I, and I said I'm spending time right now, and God's got a new a, a ministry initiative through Grace Church and, and through some partnerships in, in, in the urban communities in Minneapolis and and so I'm down on Lake Street, where so much of this all started with George Floyd. The street is destroyed. Buildings are demolished. Livelihoods are taken away. And who's left to suffer? The people in the community where there are no more cameras and there are no more emotionalism and there, there are no more bright lights and there is no more spotlight. It created a perception of change for a period of time without the reality of change, and injustice will just continue to occur. So what do we do? That's the question. Not what do we say, but what are you going to do? In my opinion, right, is, is prop up the local church in these communities to fight sin with the gospel. In Des Moines, you want to make a change? Pour your resources into Cottage Grove Church with Recap Gray and Andy Norris, who are doing the work of ministry in fighting injustice with the gospel. Like, that is my issue, not to have a momentary emotional reaction to an injustice we know exists in our nation, only to let it create the perception of change without the reality of it. Uh, Jake, uh, real quick, i got about two minutes for you um, before we got to move on. Um, this is a personal question, but I, I, you're one of the only people I can ask. We, we, I've seen LeBron. Um, these guys talk about how scared they are, right? Are, are, do you have that fear for your children? Like that, that, that I'm hearing a lot of these prominent athletes talk about that fear. I can't, I can't acknowledge it. I've never experienced it. Do you have that fear for your children? And what is that like? Absolutely. No question about it, Chris. And I've told my son Justice, who's a four-star, you know, Division One football recruit going to the University of Iowa, if you are accused of justice, you are guilty until proven innocent. If J.J., my white 
son is accused, he is innocent until proven guilty. That's the reality of our nation. That's the reality of the injustice that exists right now in our nation. And yes, because he is black, there is a different fear of being a parent. That is a reality. And, and, and the injustice is real. It is really real. I just think as a nation, we need to wake up and say, what we're doing right now to fight it isn't working. So maybe, just maybe it could be that the fight needs to change a little bit. And that, that was really the heart of my post yesterday. Jake, I love you, man. Thank you for your um, perspective. And I, I'm going to call you again next week so we can do more in detail on this. And we'll see where things are at. All I, right? I appreciate it, Chris. Talk soon. Jake Sullivan right there. Uh, powerful stuff. There you go. That was uh, former Iowa State basketball player Jake Sullivan. Man, I even like if you're not like a God fearing person, and um, I, could you hear the conviction in his voice though? Like, that's really what I want from the leaders of our country. Like, I, I just want to know that they. I don't care what side you're on. Like that they believe in what they're doing for a reason, for a purpose, that's greater than themselves and greater than politics and getting reelected, right? And uh, I appreciate that about Jake. That, I thought that was fantastic. It actually left me somewhat speechless, which is hard to do for a guy who talks for a living. Um, now, I I got as much reaction out of this next piece as I have in anything I've done in a really long time. This wasn't really planned. Uh, I knew what I was going to kind of talk about, but it, I kind of went on for about – twice as long as I thought I would. And that has been the, the uh, we don't hear about this often, the positives from the lockdowns and the, just spending more time at home during all this COVID-19 thing. And um, again, this is doesn't have anything to do with sports, but that's why I'm sharing it on here. This audience just is, is very different. And uh, yeah, take a look at, uh, or take a listen to, to what I had to say. And hopefully it brightens your day. Just a little bit. Uh, I want to just do a positive thing here real quick. And, man, the last, like, five, six months, like, I don't I don't have to tell you guys. It's been brutal. Uh, it, you know, a lot of you guys listening, you've lost your jobs. Some of you have lost loved ones. Uh, there's just, there's so much divisiveness. There's so much animosity you know, last week we had the DNC, the Republican conventions going on right now. Uh, we're going to start having more protests. Like, that. that's not going away. The Jacob, I, I, Heck, I was watching um, WWE last night, and, they're, you know, they have, like, the virtual fans in the background, you know, like we've seen in the bubble. And they had a guy somehow, like, sneak into it with a KKK outfit on. Um, I guess what I wanted to talk about here, though, is spin the last six months into what's been a positive for me, just as an individual. See, I dropped my five-year-old daughter, Cameron, off uh, at kindergarten today, and I did something, you know, I've done a couple things over the last couple of weeks that I never, uh, I don't think I ever would have done two years ago. 
And I'll explain that to you. Um, it was last Saturday. My daughter Cameron wanted to be on the. She wanted to play soccer here in town, which is great. Um, but the problem is when you're when you cover college football for a living, and you do talk radio for a living, uh, and you're on until six o'clock every night, kind of hard to get to practices, right? It's kind of hard to get to the games on Saturday mornings, all that stuff. Um, but uh, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out how to do it. And I'm going to be your coach. And I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, to work with young people and be there for my daughter. I'm also, during the um, hybrids um, here in town, going to um, be Mr. Daddy for her on, on some of those days. And I couldn't be more excited about it. Work. Work is still important to me, but I've kind of um, thrown it to the side for a few hours. And I don't think I ever would have done that if it wasn't for the last five, six months, really dating back to the middle of March when I remember driving home from the Big 12 basketball tournament. I was getting ready to go on March Madness with the Iowa State women's basketball team, called their games. I was fired up about it. I was heartbreaking for those young people. Um, how did I get here is interesting, and I'm – it's been really hard, you know, to work from home. I have a couple of jobs. I run two companies during the day. Then I come here on KXNO on the afternoons and evenings. You try and be a good dad, as good of a dad as you possibly can be to two young kids, five and one years old. And you want to be at least an average husband along the way too, right? Hard to do without daycare. Hard to do all that stuff. Difficult uh, to keep uh, to keep everything afloat. And it was really hard. Uh, it still is. There's been really uh, difficult times. Luckily, daycare has opened back up. School started today, and she did great, by the way. She was fantastic. I was the only person in the in the truck that cried, of course. But you know what? Uh, especially with the one-year-old, man, I connected with her during that time, during COVID. We're still fighting it, obviously. I'm not trying to act like we're at an end of the road. But I I had the perspective, I think it was over the weekend. My wife worked on Sunday. So that means I, I had the girls all to myself. It's a different type of time. I'm not saying it's any better or worse, but they, they react differently around you. It's It's good bonding time. And I had the perspective to look back on the last five, six months and go, damn, that was really special, man. Like, you're really lucky to have had all of that extra time, one with the the five-year-old who is now off to kindergarten. It's not, my, you know, my neighbors just sent their one daughter off to college. Totally different deal. Totally different feeling. I get it. It's just kindergarten. But if you've ever sent your little girl or boy off to kindergarten, man, it kind of hurts you, doesn't it? Kind of stings watching them walk away. Because you know it's they're never going to need you again like they do right now. She's becoming more independent by the day. And I've had the last five, six months to spend more time with her on a weekly basis than ever in her entire life. And damn it, that was really cool. And my little girl, Elise, who just turned one a couple weeks ago, I can honestly say that I think I might be your favorite person. She loves her mom. Don't get me wrong. Other than her mom, of course. Um, but 
you know, when Cameron was a little girl, um, you know, she, she got to about uh, three, four months and football season hit. And I, you know, I wasn't around as much. Um, Elise, she was born in August, COVID hit and I'm home 24 seven with her. She's home with me 24 seven. The amount of nights rocking, the amount of bottles given, the amount of tickles, the amount of kisses. Uh, I, I, I look back on it now and man, it was painful. And I, I turned into a cranky old man there for a while because I couldn't get my stuff done and it was frustrating and I'm, I'm up late working and I'm getting up early trying to take care of everybody and you just want to scream and bash your head against the wall. But it seems to me like in my mind, like somewhere in the last week, man, some things clicked and it was like, I want to coach soccer. I'm, I'm going to coach your soccer. I'm going to figure everything out. I want to... I want to help with the at-home learning. I want to, if I can cover an Iowa State game from home this year remotely because of all the COVID stuff, you know, that's that's worth it for me if I get that extra hour with Elise before she goes to bed at night, right? I don't know. Don't get me wrong. Uh, this has been a really bad five, six months for everybody in our country. I'm not trying to take away from that. But over the last week or so, I've um, I, I've kind of had an epiphany of sorts, and maybe my screen time's down. You know, I haven't watched nearly I like it. Not watching sports for four hours a night, prepping for tomorrow's radio show. I'm doing more of what I'm passionate about. I've read more. Uh, I love reading. I'm building a new company, Seven One Two Media, which I'm incredibly passionate about. Um, I am, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm thankful though. I'm weirdly grateful for that time over the last five, six months before we get to what will be a weird college football season. There's absolutely nothing normal that's going to happen with it, but, uh, it, it does turn into a bit of a grind, man. I don't know. I wanted to spread a little positivity and I hope that you guys can find some of that too. Maybe you've put your phone down more. Maybe you have uh, watched a few more movies with your kids. I I don't know, Um, but I definitely feel it. And I know that I wouldn't make some of the decisions I've made in the last week, two weeks ago, or not that two weeks ago, but two months ago, right? I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for that time with my daughters that I never would have had if it weren't for this pandemic with that, let's continue to mask up and kick this pandemic's butt so we can get back to normal. But I hope, uh, it, I'm, I'm far from perfect. I'm not perfect at all. I'm nowhere close, but I, I hope that I can keep a little bit of this, you know, that I've gained from the last few months. Um, in, in that it can have, I can maintain that perspective going forward. I hope so. Uh, I'll pray about it and, and continue to move move towards that, but maybe you guys have found some positivity to, to come out of that too. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I appreciate it. I, I'm gonna start doing this from time to time, like with the radio show, when when there's stuff that I kind of want to highlight and document for for the future. Um, maybe just throwing them on here. I know a lot of you probably don't even listen to the radio show. That's why I don't I don't feel like it's too big of a crossover. Uh, but all that audio credit goes to uh, KXNO Radio, iHeartMedia. Even though it's my voice, they own me. Um, all, all seriousness, no, it's a great place to work. I'm very blessed to be there. This has been a really hard week. I'm tired, and I know that most of you all are too. And I, I thought Jake's message was powerful, uh, regardless of your your political and your spiritual beliefs. And I um, hopefully my monologue there on my daughters maybe made you smile and, and maybe you can find some joy um you know with something in your life thanks to mechdyne corporation for sponsoring the chris williams podcast as always remember that av systems engineer uh i, I think it's so cool that they uh, engineering is a white male dominated engine uh, industry they're wanting to be diverse that if you're a female if you're a person of color and you are um, in engineering, you don't even have that much experience. They're looking to, um, this is these are entry-level type deals, I believe. Um, check them out at mechdyne.com. Go to the career page. Uh, I'll try and have something for you guys next week. I've got a couple of uh, interviews in the works. Thanks for listening. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we're trying to get as big of a following here as possible so we can um, keep doing more insightful stuff. Thank you guys. Have a great weekend uh, heading into the final weekend of August.